Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Clement. Today's episode, very Keeneland-centric. Racing still going on at Keeneland, and uh, we so appreciate the support of Keeneland Sales as well. Located at the World's Marketplace, the Keeneland November Breeding Stock Sale begins Monday, November 7th after the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland. The catalog is now online. Make sure to check out november.keeneland.com. To learn more. Uh, again, going to be recapping a little bit what happened at the sales, what happened at the races, and looking ahead to that November sale as well. Uh, hope wherever you are, you are enjoying the beautiful fall weather. I made my first trip out to Far Hills for the Grand National and the Great Day of Steeplechase Racing this past weekend, which was awesome. It's such a good time and so great to see uh, something a little bit of a change of pace, something a little bit different and seeing all of the great fans out enjoying the weather, the great racing, the tailgating, and hopefully next time I'll have the chance to go back and maybe enjoy it as a fan. But back to racing and sales time, um, marching closer and closer to the Breeders' Cup. So we'll get right to it on this week's episode of In the Ring. So happy to welcome in somebody who knows Keeneland very well, my friend Gabby Godet joining us. Gabby, how are things going? I know you're crazy with the race meet going on and all of the exciting things that have been happening at Keeneland. Seriously, it's been <laughs> wild, um, especially with anticipation of the Breeders' Cup coming back to Keeneland. I know a lot of people have so much excitement about that. Um, they were kind of given a mulligan after having to host the Breeders' Cup during COVID in mm -hmm. 2020. So we're all really excited for that. But yeah, I think since day one, since we started showing horses at the September sale, all the way through the Breeders' Cup, it is just crazy times in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> You mentioned the September sale, really successful sale um, that took place and always one that people point towards. What were, what were some of the main takeaways for you? I know being on the sales grounds and following everything that was happening, especially with, of course, the fireworks that usually take place in book one. Yeah, there were a lot of, it was a lot of activity, but you know, a lot of the time in the past, we have seen activity in the first couple of books and then it kind of taper off. But what was happening was there was so much activity in the first few sessions that people, buyers kept on getting pushed back to the next session and the next session and the next session. So um, yeah, it was the highest in Keeneland auction history with four, over $405 million um, in sales with the yearlings. And the cool thing was that there were 88 different buyers that spent a million dollars or more. So that just shows you the versatility. We had buyers from overseas. We had buyers domestically. Um, and it was also really nice, you know, obviously people are going to spend a lot of money on the Colts um, for, you know, Derby hopefuls. But we also saw a lot of fillies, a, a lot of high priced fillies go through the sale, which I think is really encouraging, especially fillies with um, potential residual value. Um, and I think that's a, a really good sign for the future. People are investing in the future with some of these fillies. From your involvement over the last several years with Keeneland, both on the racing side and on the sales side as well, um, talk a little bit about just how people point for these sales in September. And then of course, with the November sale coming up and just really the, the trust that Keeneland has with buyers and consigners. It has taken, obviously uh, Keeneland is very proud of 
you know, their reputation in terms of the sales world and the relationship that they have with the buyers, the sellers and the breeders. Um, you know, it, all of these people, all of these different parts just make our world go um, mm-hmm. year after year. And I think people definitely point for the the say the September yearling sale uh, because it is the biggest yearling sale in the world and you you want your horse in that sale obviously um so yeah I think that's partly the reason and then looking forward to November sale what I found with the November sale they Keeneland sells those proven brood mares um it's you know one thing to get the really flashy race mares and obviously we really like those too those are attractive to buyers but they're um keeneland really focuses on those proven brood mares that have bred you know grade one winners after grade one winners and that's what we are really looking forward to november but yeah it's um like i said (laughs) it's crazy times here in lexington And of course the race meet going on as well and has been, um, so successful, so many great performances there too. It's just really that exciting time of year. And what have been some of the things that have stood out to you so far, uh, with the racing and and all the big races that we've seen, especially last weekend and yesterday as we're recording this Sunday morning. Well, one thing, the weather acacia, and I know that sounds really cheesy, but it's so important this time of year because it can be hit or miss, whether it be in the spring or in the fall, Lexington, Kentucky is a little bit unpredictable. And it's really important for those last win in your ends for the Breeders' Cup, especially when you're considering the turf racing. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily we had beautiful weather, big crowds, lots of people coming out to enjoy the racing. But in terms of the actual race horses, um, definitely Malathat. I, she mm-hmm. always stands out for me. I, I just, every time I see her, I'm in an absolute awe. Um, just from the class that she possesses. And I actually thought that her win in the spinster was one of her most impressive races in her Mm -hmm. career thus far. So that just shows you the trajectory that she's going in. And, um, you know, Todd Pletcher has been loaded. He's loaded for the Breeders' Cup with Malathat Nest. And uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Forte, obviously. Um, But I'm really happy for Wayne Catalano uh, mm-hmm. as well. He can go back to the Breeders' Cup Sprint this year with Manny Wah. That was a big upsetter on opening weekend. Um, and then actually outside of the win in your ends, Acacia, I thought one of the most impressive winners at the meet was a horse by the name of Strobe, um, trained by Brad Cox, who won this week. He won on the last race, in the last race on Derby Day. And this was his second career start. Uh, He's definitely a horse that you want to pay attention to moving forward. A name to follow for sure. And with being involved on the sales side, along with the racing side, do you follow horses that you see go through the ring? Maybe keep notes as they come onto the races, because of course you see a lot of Keeneland sales graduates being successful at the meet as well. I'm so glad you asked that <laughs> because one thing that we we started to do a a show um, the a couple of days before the Keeneland September started starts and um, it's called Rising Stock and we actually kind of pick out certain horses or draft picks, so to speak. So I am very invested in those horses. Every <laughs> year we pick like three horses. Obviously we can't afford them. Some of them go for way too high. Um, but you know, if we could, if we had an unlimited budget, which horses would we 
pick out of the sale. And back in 2020, my first round draft pick happened to be Gina Romantica. And she sold for over a million dollars, obviously couldn't afford that. Uh, But she happened to win the grade one QE2 yesterday. So it is really, really cool to see things come full circle when you see these yearly and sell at the sale and then really follow their careers and, um, and eventually see them win a grade one at Keeneland that it doesn't get any cooler than that. And you've been involved in a lot of different sides of the sport uh, with Keeneland, including making history too, in, in taking the stand. And you had been telling me some of the stories about, uh, the weight that that role carries and uh, such a huge opportunity for you. So exciting to be the first female to do so. And tell me a little bit about that experience and, um, some of the things that were going through your mind when you first stepped up there. I had never been so nervous before in my entire life. And I know that may sound crazy given the things that, you know, we have all done in this industry on television or in front of big crowds, but um, it's, we're talking about millions of dollars on the line and, you know, you really want to do your best for both the buyer and the seller, and you have to get the information accurate and you don't have a script when you're up there you just have a pedigree page and then you have a couple of notes that are by your side and you just have to piece it all together in about 15 seconds and it goes so quickly up there that you I sometimes feel like I don't even um, take a breath uh, the whole time that I'm up there which is sometimes an hour hour and a half shift Um, and it's just rapid fire and you just try to do your best and it's a lot of juggling and shuffling but Uh, The crew there is amazing. The auction team, uh, they're they're the best in the world. And they're also the kindest people and the Mm -hmm. most supportive people. So it has been an absolute pleasure. What are some of the biggest things that you would say you've learned on the sales side of things and being able to work with those people that have been involved with Keeneland for so many years? Well, I think there's... You know, I've learned a lot from the staff at Keeneland and the team at Keeneland, and that's a whole different list of things that I've learned from them. But I have really learned a lot from um, the buyers and the sellers, and more so the sellers and the breeders. Um, Just what really goes into breeding a horse, finding a mare, finding the right sire, Um, you know, having some luck on your side to make sure that everything is healthy with this horse, everything goes well. And some of the things that they do to get them ready for some of the preparations that they do to with their yearlings to get them ready for the sale and just like different styles that these different consignments have um, in their prep, their yearling preps. And then obviously going around and talking to different buyers um, and trying to understand what they're looking at and then trying to kind of put myself in their shoes as well. I've learned a lot about yearling confirmation, which I had never known before in the past. It's very different from anything else. Um, And yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on, but it's more so about the people that make this world go, uh, the sales world go. And that's, you know, the definitely the breeders and the consigners. And seeing those horses from the sales onto the big races, as we talked about Tina Romantica, perfect example, and then moving closer to the Breeders' Cup, which is kind of at your home base now this year back at Keeneland. Uh, What's the excitement like? What's the buildup like leading up to the Breeders' Cup returning to Lexington? 
Everyone is just so excited. Um, you know, I can remember when we were doing the Breeders' Cup back in 2020, and we'd mm. been in the lead up to the 2020 Breeders' Cup, we didn't know what it was going to look like. I mean, we had a little bit of an idea, but obviously it was spectatorless. Uh, there was only the connections that were affiliated with the horses that were allowed to come to the races. And, you know, it, it's for lack of a better word, it was just a little bit of a, a bummer. Um, mm -hmm. The horses really put on a show, but the one thing about Keeneland is that it is an intimate racetrack. And um, you know, the crowd makes the racetrack too. We have such a fabulous crowd that comes out. So I think everybody with COVID behind us with, you know, with the restrictions and everything behind us, I think everyone's really looking forward to having somewhat of a normal breeders cup come mm -hmm. back to Keeneland. And, um, we also have, man, a stellar cast of horses yeah. that are going to be coming here to Keeneland as well. Yeah. I just remember breeders cup in 2020 feeling like all my makeup was on the inside of the mask that I was wearing yeah. and carrying the races. So really excited to not have that this year. And like um, this six foot microphone pole. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> oh, good times. Um, but as you mentioned, the stellar cast, of course, everybody hoping the flight line life is good matchup materializes and, uh, all of that excitement with the, the classic division. And it just feels like in general this year for the handicap horses, it's one of the stronger years with the older horses versus the three-year-olds just top to bottom that we've had too. Yeah. I mean, Acacia, I was at Del Mar for the Pacific classic mm -hmm. and I can't put that into words. I can tell you that that was the most surreal race I have ever witnessed yeah. in real life. And, um, I, it was, it was just out of this world when he made his early move. I'm like, Oh no, this isn't good. Right. It's a, this isn't good. I'm thinking <laughs> to myself. And then he's just, he just went and he kept on going. And I really do as as good as life is good. And I'm excited to see this matchup. I I'm going to say it, but if flight line delivers his a game, I mean, there's, there's nobody that's as good as he is. So, um, I'm just looking forward to maybe him putting on a show kind of like when we were going into the breeders cup classic with American Pharaoh, you know, mm -hmm. you have that one really exciting horse. And I think flight line is that. It was dazzling last time. So, so excited for the Breeders' Cup. Best of luck with the November sale coming up too. I know you're so busy um, wrapping up the week at Keeneland. Gabby, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Acacia. Really happy to welcome in trainer Wayne Catalano, uh, one of the good guys in horse racing. Someone I always enjoy getting a chance to catch up with at the races, which is not that often, Wayne, but you had a big first week uh, at Keeneland. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. It's my pleasure. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, you had some big wins as mentioned, uh, with Manny Waugh and the winner is in some of the big stakes over the first week of Keeneland. I wanted to talk at first about Manny Waugh because I was joking with, uh, one of my coworkers, they said, I feel like if you told me that Manny Waugh was 15 years old, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised. It feels like he's a horse. That's just always there, always shows up. Um, talk a little bit about training a horse like him and just how consistent he is. Well, Manny Wise is a born favorite. You know, he's a people's favorite horse. He's a beautiful little horse. He's, you know, he's got a lot of chrome to him. He's got a personality to him. And it's been great training a horse like him. He's had uh, some good races, but he's also had a couple of bad luck races that, you know, year before last, I thought he probably should have won the Breeders' Cup that day. 
Uh, but he's run some big races for us and he's got beat a couple of tough ones. A six-year-old now uh, who's made a trip to the Breeders' Cup before, as you mentioned, and has turned out to be a really good sprinter winning the Phoenix. When you first got him, can you kind of go back to the beginning with a horse like him and, and one that turned out to be as durable and consistent as he was? He had shown promise right from the beginning. Um, can you talk a little bit about from the start to where he is now? Well, you know, he's... Uh, he- He's always been a very nice little horse. He come in, he acted like a pony. He was like an unbelievable two-year-old. He walked around, did everything, went to the paddock his first time. He just stood around like a, like an old pony and uh, <laughs> took everything in. He, he was incredible from day one. And uh, he just got better and better uh, about everything. And then he became a Bond favorite, you know, and uh, he's gave us a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with him and uh, hopefully we continue. Picking up the big graded stakes win with the Phoenix at Keeneland uh, this past weekend. How special was it to see him get that win? And uh, he, he really, it was very game and durable once again. Yeah, you know what, to get a win with him after, you know, all the time he's been around me in the tough races that we mentioned about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great win. It was great for Susan and Shane and Miss Debbie at the farm. You know, she rehabbed him when he had a little shoulder bugging him back when and got him back to the races and he's been great ever since. You mentioned Susan Moulton, uh, the owner, uh, she had purchased this horse as a yearling and now seeing him as a six-year-old and getting the win in the Phoenix here. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with her and about uh, the types of horses that do end up coming to your barn uh, to race in, in her colors and coming from again, a yearling onto a graded stake? Yeah, well, we bought him in the yearling sale for Miss Susan. I, mm-hmm. I trained Manny Wise's mama. So I kind of like them. Steve Levin pointed them out and we brought it to Miss Susan and um, she bought them and away we went from there, you know, but uh, yeah, to have some horses for Susan's been great. She's always gave me some horses. I bought her first horse back in the business again when she, she went out for a little while. She came back in and we bought Solitary Ranger for her and won the loan all to Washington for charity and uh, been having horses for her ever since. When you've trained some another horse in the family and you ha- you buy a horse that you are familiar with the family, uh, how special is that? How important is that to you having the familiarity of the pedigree? Well, you know, this only shows how old I'm getting now, I guess. <laughs> but having them babies swamp all a little bit, you know, there's a few of them, uh, you know, uh, life is good. I had trained that horse's mother too. Yeah. We did. We had a few good ones along the way and uh, I thought his mother could run. But yeah, you know, it's, it's special to be around them and see the horses coming out of the uh, horses that I have trained, my uh, mares I have trained in the past and see their babies run. It's been very fun. When you're looking for horses at the sales, that's something you kind of look for or something that piques your interest a little bit more when you're familiar with the family? For me, it is. I'm not really great at picking them horses and uh them yearlings, I don't think anybody's got great uh, picks on them, but you get lucky with them, I guess. It's a, it's a crapshoot, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all you go by is confirmation and pedigree. So, hey, I mean, what else can you go by? <laughs> you know, then you go, then you go look at the horse, and, you know. But anyway, uh, I, when I see a horse that I used to train, I see their babies, I go look at them if I'm at the yeah. sales. And then uh, we take it from there. If I like him, and uh, he looks good, or she looks good, and I had the mother and we go, we go try to buy him. 
and you had a six-year-old winning a graded stake that weekend. You also had a two-year-old in the bourbon with, and the winner is also for Susan Moulton, but this one, a homebred for her. How special is that, that this is a horse that, I mean, she's really been part of right from the very beginning. Listen, that's that was very special because that's how she bought the farm about four years ago. And this was the first homebred that she's won with off this farm. So that was really special right there, you know, to see what Susan and Shane and this Debbie did uh, with this baby off the farm and see it develop and uh, become a racehorse that we think it's going to be even, you know, biggest, better things coming ahead of it. Showed a lot of promise uh, in the beginning, uh, breaking this maiden first time out at Keelan. That was very special. You know, had a great run over there at Saratoga. The track, it rained like unbelievable the day before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the pace was real slow and they went around the track one, two, three. But he got the two, two turn race under his belt, got another, another race experience, set him up for this one. And it paid off. To see him win a race like the Bourbon uh, at Keeneland and, and obviously just having so much promise too. It was a big field, contentious field as well. And, and he, he he won it nicely as well. I mean, how exciting is that, especially delivering, you know, on such a big weekend? Yeah, well, the come, you know, when he drew post 12, mm-hmm. uh, it, it wasn't the best post in the world, but uh, the jock did a great job of getting them over and, and the setup was great. And, you know, he finished up and ran like we thought he would, you know, to see him come down the lane and that big stride that he has was amazing looking. And uh, we was all happy and excited and, Susan and everybody happened to be here for the race where they couldn't make many was. So I was happy to come back and win one for them while it was in town. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're very special to get into the winner's circle at Keeneland and integrated stake too. And when you have a two-year-old that, you know, has promise. And as you mentioned, I mean, sometimes mother nature is against you, your victim of pace, whatever. There's so many things that can go wrong. What are some of the steps you take as far as bringing a promising young horse along and, and about finding the right spots for him? Well, you know, horse racing is not easy, uh, you know, and to get them in the right race and have all, all the things go right for you, it's very special and it's good when the plant comes together. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to have a couple of nice young horses and good clients and help helping me get along and, 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 and accomplish these things. But it's never easy, but it's also fun and gratifying and, and grateful for when you win. <laughs> That's what we're all after, right? Uh, yes, right. And I know a very special win for you was, was last year's. We're getting close to Breeders' Cup time when Aloha West won the Breeders' Cup sprint and in such a, a thrilling performance just by the shadow of the wire. Uh, and I, I had seen an interview with you when you were so overcome with emotion, even though you'd won Breeders' Cup races before. What was it about that race that made it so emotional for you? Well, you know what? It's called hush racing. So mm-hmm. if you don't have the horses... And trying to win these kind of races is very difficult. But when you get one and you come in, it's been a while since we've been in the Breeders' Cup, or much less win one. Mm-hmm. It was uh, back to winning the Breeders' Cup. You know, we had been fortunate enough to win three of them. To win the fourth one when you don't have no horses and things were real slow. And it was great and gratifying. And everybody's happy for you. And uh, everybody's congratulating you and so happy for you. It's like, you know what? We've done something right along the way. Right. And I had the, the pleasure of seeing Aloha West a couple of times at Saratoga last summer before the Breeders' Cup. And uh, I had gathered that he, he's a little quirky too. Yeah, he just, he's just happy boy. He's just all, oh, he's just bad. He's he acting like I was when I was 21, <laughs> like 19, I should say. 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah, he's a happy boy. You were a jockey too, Wayne, uh, before becoming a trainer. What do you think those experiences as being a rider brought to you in training the way you approach these horses and, and of course the rides and, and, you know, where, you, where you're running them? Well, when I first started training, I was kind of like real hard on the jockeys, you know, none, mm-hmm. of them get, none of them gave me a good ride when we got beat. So, you know, <laughs> the only good when they're, when they win, they ain't no good when they can't, when they don't win. So, but I, all jokes on the side there, but uh, no, it's, it's great. You know, I, I kind of got a good feel of it. I've been there road races. I kind of know what needs to happen. You know, you only got a split second sometimes to make a decision. So it's not easy. It's very, very tough job and very dangerous. And, you know, so I, I, my hat's off to all them riders. Just go out there and ride like they do and take the chances that they do. And uh, uh, it, it, it ain't been easy mm-hmm. for me in the beginning, but now it's, you know, you get kind of over it. Well, like you said, you can't be successful without having the horse first. And then of course you have to work on bringing them along in the right way. What do horses mean to you? And is it kind of that horses teach you something every day? Yeah. Well, you know what? I always say horses will talk to you, but you have to mm-hmm. listen. And if you stay around them and you watch them and you see what their, their habits are and how they do and everything, you could probably pick up a lot of things and, and learn from them and see uh, what you need to do to adjust them. As I tell everybody, this is horse racing. It ain't jockey racing, training racing, owners racing. It's horse racing. So you have to have the horse to start with. And after you get everything done, all the stars have got to line up, and then you make the sign of the cross, and you go on with it. <laughs> and, and you have, obviously, some really great owners, I know, that have been with you for a while, and some newer ones, too. And can you tell me a little bit about the process of when you have a young horse coming to your barn, maybe one that was a two-year-old homebred, whatever it might be, coming in, and uh, where you go from there, and maybe if there's any involvement that you have in choosing which horses that you'd prefer to have in the barn? Well, obviously... You know, if you knew which ones are bringing the barn and you had the opportunity to bring them, it'd be a lot easier. <laughs> but they look good. They do everything well. And then some of them don't run as well. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, it goes the other way around, too. You know, so so far they work OK. Are they doing OK? And then they run really great. So it's not easy. But uh, we, we're very appreciative. Whatever we get in the barn, we do the best we can with them and with the opportunity that we get. And uh, patience is a virtual mm-hmm. and if you've got patience uh you're going to go a long ways so owners with a lot of patience and obviously you got to have money mm-hmm. and if you got those two ingredients you got a chance have you seen horses that maybe like you said with patience and bringing them along in the right way that maybe if they didn't show you much at the start that they've been able to kind of come around and improve and find their right spot yeah well you know horses uh they develop Mm-hmm. They get better, you know, and they uh, they start getting a little they act together and they start maturing and uh, hopefully uh, they can run. So you got to give them a chance, obviously. So we give them the best chance we can and uh, we approach them all with stake horses in the beginning and hopefully that they, they come through with that. And from there, you there's a level that most horses need to run at. So if you can, once again, have the owner cooperate with you and you can run them where they can be competitive, that's makes the job a lot easier when you have a young horse that shows some promise when do you start getting really excited for instance like a horse like and the winner is is it after the first breeze is it when they first arrive into the barn when do you kind of start dreaming a little bit when when the winner is came to the barn he was just a young boy he was 
Yankee. He just was okay. And then he started getting, you know, developing like I spoke about a little while ago. Mm -hmm. He started showing promise. And then when he run his first race and he win the way he did, I got excited. Mm -hmm. I really did. I thought, wow, that's a very special race that he did. You know, uh, had him about 80% ready to run. It's only five and a half on the grass. I wanted to get the race in him and he ran like that. It's like, okay, this is a good horse right here. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking this horse, thinking that, you know, he can he can bring us to the big races. Yeah. And uh, so far, he's done it. Well, I wish you all the best with him. And it was great seeing Manny Wah back to the winner's circle, Wayne. Congratulations on special. such a big Thank weekend. You. Yeah, Thank congratulations. You so much. We hope to see you soon. And uh, right. I, I love following what's always on the menu, too. I, mean, ah, I, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when you was going to come up with that. They all like... <laughs> You might have to go to get a cooking show if this stuff don't work out. I love it. I would watch it and be more than happy to taste test everything. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Wayne. It's a talking to you and best of luck to you. Thank you very much. And that will do it for another episode of In the Ring. A big thank you to Gabby Gaudet and Wayne Catalano for joining me on this week's episode. Be back with some more fun content next week, especially as we continue to march closer to the Breeders' Cup. I want to say a big thank you to our partners, Adelphi Racing Club. The Adelphi Racing Club is a partnership in every sense of the word, not a syndicate, and members are treated like partners, not investors. If you are interested in joining a group of like-minded individuals and having a truly interactive ownership experience, then it's the right fit for you. They take a fiscally responsible approach to horse ownership through patient acquisition strategy, which offers partners a chance to compete at the highest levels of the game while doing so in a responsible manner and allowing for long-term participation in the sport. Adelphi offers a, a variety of partnership options, including yearlings, two-year-olds in training, private purchase, and claiming options. Recently active at the Phasic Tipton Saratoga Yearling Sale for New York Reds, and there are three exciting prospects currently available. An Arrogate cult out of the family of Audible and Governor Malibu headed to trainer Christoph Clement, a beautiful tonalist filly out of a stakes place dam that's also headed to the Clement barn, and a hard spun cult who wowed everyone with his powerful walk and is headed to trainer Ray Handel. Join the club. All the way is to get in touch. The website is adelphiracingclub.com. Email matt at adelphiracing.com or check out social media adelphi underscore racing on Instagram and at Adelphi Club on Twitter. You can also check out my In the Ring podcast episode going through the process of buying horses at the sale for Adelphi Racing Club. Thanks as always for joining me on this week's episode of In the Ring. Make sure to sign up for the In the Money Media newsletter, especially as we get closer to the Breeders' Cup. Lots of great content from my colleagues over there. And I'll see you next time on In the Ring. <laughs>